Welcome to another edition of the Panorama Podcast. In this segment, podcast host Sebastian Atashi, along with Tom Combs, talks with brothers Jeremy and Daniel Johnson about playing collegiate sports after high school while navigating similar disabilities. Former all-star players at PV Little League, the older Jeremy competed in track while Daniel played baseball at Palos Verdes High School. After his stint at UC Santa Barbara, Jeremy now runs track at Xavier University while Daniel is beginning freshman baseball at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. You guys obviously are both collegiate athletes, the Johnson brothers. Um, your dad also is a collegiate athlete. How did, you know, his influence and, you know, hearing all those stories about playing with Barry Sanders and all that, how did that motivate you guys to get to where you are? His entire sort of life of, of athletics definitely influenced us in the sense that, like, seeing like him talking about the kind of work ethic that he had, especially through injuries and stuff. Like when he ended up, when he did end up tearing his ACL, he talked about how he was like he wasn't able, ever able to attend practice for basically a year, and so all he did every day was go to the weight room and just lift because that was what he could do. And so that kind of stuff, where it's like maybe you can't be present with your team because you have injuries or whatever, he sort of instilled the idea that you always should do what you can. To, to get better at sports because or whatever it is in life yeah yeah i definitely agree with that i mean just um i mean Jarrett really raised us in a you know get out be active go have fun type of thing um and try your best i mean i remember when he's always coaching our little league my, my little league teams for baseball um he's a he was a big advocate for just having fun on the field while working hard. And I think that made me like the game specifically baseball a lot more. Cause you know, you have those dads who just always want to win every single game. And I mean, that, that's cool in the time, I guess. And uh, maybe uh, raise your kids to be a little bit, uh, good work ethic, but um, I definitely like the philosophy my dad took. Just go have fun, enjoy the game. And um, I think that was the only reason really that I have continued playing. It's cause you know, I, I love baseball. I'm going to continue playing it cause it's fun. So I, after Little League, that would have been my 12-year-old year. After my 12-year-old year, I decided to, that's my, that was basically, I think, my first year of club soccer also. Um, so I ended up playing club soccer, and then I ended up playing club baseball for the House of Hardball. I played that for, for two years, and then ended up quitting baseball because my eyes, like, I couldn't see well enough. Those two years were probably the years that my eyes changed the most, and so baseball just became increasingly difficult especially as the like up until i was 12 the field was basically the same size every year nothing really changed all that much once the once the field got bigger and the distance between home plate and the pitcher's mound got a little bit farther things got a lot more difficult and so i sort of had to put it down um well you know obviously talking about that jeremy do you want to like explain a little bit um about what you know makes your eyesight not as good you know, without giving away the name of it, but you, you can do it. I don't want to spoil it. I um, can pronounce it the best, better than Jeremy. <laughs> so without, without giving the name of it? No, you can give the name of it. I didn't want to give the name of it. Okay, so, so my eye disorder is called juvenile X-linked retinoschisis. Basically, the eye disorder affects the schisis cavity in your retina. There's like extra strain on, on your eyes your whole life. What makes it difficult, so basically my retina detached in fourth grade, had surgery that year, vision dropped because of what they did, which was, 
I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but in fourth grade, 400 legally blind. Um, and then in sixth grade, they were supposed to take out the silicon-based oil substance that they put in in fourth grade. And that was supposed to make my vision better uh, or go back to basically where it was before because the silicon-based oil substance that, that reattaches your retina. They, the doctor like messed up in the procedure. When I got out of surgery, my retina was like still detached. I uh, have had a macular hole, cysts, um, and some uh, and cataracts. So my vision dropped actually from 2,400, 2,200 areas, like 21,850 right after surgery. When, when that happened in, I guess, that uh, would have been like, going into seventh grade right after my 12-year-old year of Little League it just made things significantly more difficult to see, mainly because of depth perception. When my, or not mainly because of depth, a lot had to do with depth perception for specifically baseball, um, because there was such a dramatic contrast, and because or such a dramatic contrast between my left eye and my right eye, um, in terms of like my right eye is like 2070, 2060, and so the, the such a huge difference um, in level of vision between my left eye and my right eye. And having my left eye not, like, you couldn't use, I couldn't even have contacts or anything like that to fix the vision because it would make it even more difficult to see because of, um, the depth perception would be even more thrown off. That made it extremely difficult to play baseball. Uh, everything was, I couldn't tell how far, how far away the baseball was. Uh, it was, it's not exactly 2D, but it was <laughs> as close to 2D as it felt like I could get. And so that sort of made sports significantly more difficult well anything with a ball yeah any ball any any sport with a ball D- daniel your eyes are you both have really bad eyesight but then there are they different entirely different issue you have you had human error on your part jeremy with with bad doctors and stuff but daniel are, are you guys uh, similar problems or, or just the results are, are are similar um, I would say, I mean, Jeremy has far worse eyes than me. I got a lot luckier because his, his good eye is 2060, where my good eye is 2020. So in terms of practical vision, my vision's fine. But um, my left eye is legally blind, so it's a lot of, uh, it's like 2400 and legally blind is uh, 2200. Mm-hmm. So right around there is like, same with depth perceptions. Like trying to catch a ball with, with one eye closed, it just, it takes a while to get used to. Your brain will adapt and overcome it and over time. But Having a 2020 vision in one eye made that significantly easier than having 2060 or 2070 vision sure. where it's uh, almost not uh, able to recover. So I'm fortunate enough to where I'm able to wear glasses when I play baseball to where it's able to um, partially correct my left eye to bring it down to uh, the 2200 level. Yes, yeah, so I've been definitely more fortunate with um, lesser curve for me to overcome. Definitely. Still an obstacle, but I mean, compared to Jeremy, um, it, it's nothing. I was going to say, Deej, how have you, like, you know, counted on Jeremy or, like, looked up to him in that way where he's gone through it, like you said, a little bit worse than you have, but also you guys are dealing with the same thing in sports and, you know, with your speed goggles on and getting adjusted to that. <laughs> how is, how is, you know, and obviously I've been there. You guys have gotten extremely close over the past couple of years. So how have you kind of, like, counted on each other, you know, as you're, as you're getting older and now are both in this position to be, to be college athletes has there been anything that jeremy's like you know instilled upon you specifically or just a lot of being there for you yeah i'm definitely gonna flatter jeremy right here but i mean <laughs> i mean oppose i mean i definitely looked up to my dad in terms of sports but i think the person i looked up to on the field was definitely jeremy 
growing up, you know, seeing that he had, he was the person that could make valid excuses on why he couldn't do something. And he was the one that wasn't making any excuses where a lot of times whenever I was growing up, I wasn't necessarily the hardest worker until I got to high school. And I would always get excuses like, ah, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. And Jeremy would always get on me. And in the moment, I was like, dude, screw you, Jeremy. This sucks. Like, why are you being such a jerk to me? But like, looking back on it, he was just trying to help me push myself and be the best I could possibly be on the field. And that's what Jeremy was doing. And I mean, I realized that I wish I would have realized it sooner, but he was the one that was always pushing me. He was like, I'll go hit you fly balls. I'll go do anything in a cage with you. I mean, so Jeremy pushed me a ton on the field. Um, and not just on the field, just in life in general. Jeremy really gave me the mentality, don't make excuses, just put your head down and do what you got to do. And um, if you can't complete something, don't blame it on a don't, – don't use your disability as a crutch, you know? Jeremy, what are you doing in Ohio? So, uh, <laughs> it's a good question. Most people probably would not have transferred from UC Santa Barbara to, to Xavier University, but – I'm, I'm out here running track. For me, that was the best decision of my life. Not that I disliked UCSB in any kind of way. I had the best roommate ever. Um, <laughs> like, thoroughly enjoyed my time there. But I I decided that it was that I just wanted to compete at a Division One level. And I felt like at, UC, at UCSB, basically, they, the coach really wanted me to run the 5K and the 10K. And, like wanted me to have really high mileage and I don't, it was, it just, it was not, I was told things that didn't end up happening and it, it was just not a good fit for me. I tried to go a semester with, like I ended up joining fraternity, made a, a bunch of friends there, sort of tried to see what my life without sports would be like. I just sort of decided that I, I didn't, I, I you weren't ready for that. Yeah. I missed competition too much. It, sports sort of molded me into the person that I am today in a lot of ways. Um, and so ended up reaching out to a bunch of schools. I ended up in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, most ran- honestly, one of the most random places. And I'm running for a coach now named Ryan Orner. Great. Like one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. Seriously. Like I went from having a coach that didn't care really what seemed like didn't care really at all about his athletes. He's, he's not the coach there anymore, actually, at UCSB. But went from a coach that didn't seem to really care all that much about his athletes to a coach that literally only cares about the well-being of his athletes more than really anything else, in my opinion. I think he cares more about the well-being than a lot of times how fast they're running and stuff like that. So, yeah, I really couldn't be happier about, about my switch to... Excellent. What do you, what's your, what's your, your 400 meters, or what are you doing now? In the four, but I primarily run the eight. What's your what's your time there? Uh, yeah, what are we running? What are we running right now, Jeremy? One forty three. One forty three. Unfortunately, my high my my college tracker has sort of been plagued by injuries and stuff. So I was just saying how you don't make excuses. Just say you're slow. <laughs> I um, getting injured as soon as I got to training camp. <laughs> um, I was in really really good shape. I I felt like. I mean, honestly, I was in good enough shape to where I felt like I could have ended up maybe running cross country. Like I was probably in a good, like could have been in our top seven and then had something wrong with my top of my foot was out, couldn't run for two months, came back in November, ended up having this breathing issue. So it turned out to be mono. Um, oh. <laughs> and I 
didn't end up finding it out until the season ended. And so I had an awful season last year, unfortunately. How many years of eligibility do you have left? So (laughs) technically I have, I have three years of eligibility. Oh, wow. You have more, three more years of trap. Let's go. Six years GC, of that's sure. nice. So, <laughs> you're seeing maybe transfer back. Transfer back. I, I will not be using my eligibility for another three more years. This is probably going to be my last year of track. I'm trying to go to law school, and I actually am taking the LSAT. Um, yeah, you should be studying. Next Wednesday, so I'm very nervous <laughs> about that. Well, how do you feel? Because, you know... Um, there is a time that where you can no longer can compete. And you, you know, a couple of years ago, competition was so important for you. You transferred to another school, right? And my, my feeling is you've always, again, as a youth, you've had this fire. You're competing against yourself with your eyes. You're competing against your own limitations. You're competing on the track. And now you're going to be competing for law school. Do, do, do you see sort of a... A, a thing about you there? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, uh, if you met, if you asked, like, anybody, if you asked anybody that's close to me about like my studying for the LSAT, I would, con- I would definitely consider it relatively comparable to the, the way that I was taking track so seriously, especially in high school. I mean, my, my average high school training day, especially when it, my, my goal was to just run division one track. And so like my senior year, I was not eating anything that was high in sugar, no saturated fats, no... You wouldn't even eat lunch with us. <laughs> wouldn't eat lunch with them. That's just a different story. But <laughs> um, I was lifting for... I was Every single day, I was running and then going to physical therapy just to make my glutes... It, it mainly glute work to make that stronger, and then I'd go lift. So I was practicing track roughly five hours a day every single day for my, my senior year of high school. Since I've been studying for the LSAT, I'm taking about three to four tests a week. I've been studying roughly 20 hours a week. The same sort of mentality that I have where it's just like I'm willing to sacrifice basically anything to be better than everybody. Like that mentality that I have from that I had with track is now sort of being put into law school. Um, I have a question. To get us yeah. back on track almost. Thank you. So obviously, you know, and all the stuff you're saying about working hard, that's facts. Like I've, Jeremy works extremely hard, but like, you know, you get to a point in your like your junior, senior year of high school and you decide that this is what you want to do. A lot of times, especially for kids from PV, it's not like there's coaches coming down here like to see you all the time. Like you, you're the one that has to, you know, put in the work and like send your stuff to schools or like talk to coaches. I know you used to do that all the time and I'm sure Daniel did as well. Um, how, like, how do you, you know, figure that out? Because there's a lot of kids in, in PV, I would say that like have the talent or like, you know, have the work ethic to be able to do something like that. But a lot of times it's connecting yourself with the right people. And, you know, even like for track coaches have to know that you're running that fast. So you have to, you know, let them know. So I guess how did you guys, you know, obviously Jeremy being older had to do it first. What, what went into contacting all these coaches and kind of finding who was the right fit for you? So for me, um, track, I want to say is, is a little bit easier than most sports because it's a very objective sport. It's like mm-hmm. I run 49, six and the guy next to me runs 49, seven. He can't like argue that he's faster than me. Like it's just, yeah. it's forward, yeah. you know, in high school, when I was trying to get recruited, I reached out to a, a few schools and most of them said that like 
I wasn't actually fast enough. I actually didn't run fast enough to run in college until my last race of the year. My high school experience wasn't like I was very unsure if I was going to be running track in college and it was there wasn't a, a ton of communication for me where I was just like trying to reach out after the school said like hey um you have to run this time like I, I would send them my time site like update them and stuff but it wasn't a huge like this huge recruiting process or anything like that in what college, about when you were trans yeah when you transferred yeah. That's in college it was like spray and pray method <laughs> like I probably <laughs> the like power six or whatever um basically that had a kid, at least one kid that ran relatively close to my time, I would email. I would, I just sent them my times. They would like verify them using like athletic.net or whatever. And then they would get back to me on whether they were interested or not. From there, uh, would just sort of communicate. Like it, it wasn't like they would ask, oh, the follow-up email would generally be like, oh, we're interested. And then they would contact me with a phone number to talk to. I'd text them a little bit. They would, they asked me if I wanted to come on a visit. And then after the visits is when I would find out if they had a spot for me. And how did you get the, to Westmont? You're like um, a rock away from Sebastian, he tells me. You're just up the street? Yeah, so yeah, right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, Jeremy transferred. If Jeremy didn't transfer, we'd both be in the barb. Crazy. In the barb. Kind of funny. So I started realizing I wanted to play college baseball. I wasn't as determined as Jeremy in terms of, you know, I'd won gold my whole high school career. But Towards the end of my sophomore year, I was like, you know what, I wanted, I can't stop playing now. So um, I set my expectations really high, a little too high, and I was like, I want to go to these schools. And I just straight up was not good enough at the time. Um, I would get video, I'd work on my sprints, but I was just not good enough to play college. I was not the level that colleges needed me to be at. I just wasn't good enough at the time. Uh, my junior year, I started really... Uh, working hard, redeveloping my swing, and uh, started going to more showcases, started getting in touch with more coaches. Really? And it was really important. The first schools I was talking to um, really liked me. Um, sometimes I'd email them. And um, uh, my faith is really important in my life, and I thought a Christian college would be really cool to attend. Uh, that wasn't necessarily, I was like, okay, a Christian college or die kind of thing. But I was like, that'd be a nice plus. And my buddy, like, like one of my lifelong best friends, Simon Reed, who um, he used to live in PV until his sophomore year in high school, moved to Texas. Him and his brother, Bailey, both went to Westmont. And I ended up playing in front of them at a showcase. And I did okay at the showcase, but I was talking to the coach. And I talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes, just about life. And I just thought, man, this guy's... I don't know much about this baseball program, but I want to be a part of whatever this guy's doing. He's a great guy. What's his and, name? Uh, Robert Ruiz. Okay. Great guy. I mean, I'm just starting in my big preliminary stages of my relationship with him. We've had two practices so far. Um, I actually just had conditioning this morning with him, so that's funny. Um, uh, I got to hit hit with them, uh, run a 60, and at the, at the end, they're just like, I was talking to them. And he's like, yeah, uh, I mean, I know you're going to develop into a better hitter and stuff like that, but we really like you as a person, and we think you're going to be a great fit here. So we'd like to extend a, a roster spot to you, and I was really happy. And from there, I think I was a um, – the moment I got that offer, I committed like a, a week and a half, two weeks later. I think Excellent. I got, uh, that, was the great, that was the best fit for me. Good to have these decisions made. What's yeah. your guys' mascot, Deej? Yeah, I was, was going to ask. The Warriors. Oh, oh yeah. that's original. Right Westmont Warriors, baby. <laughs> With musket yeah. ears. 
What did Xavier get? The Musketeers? musketeers? Yeah. Oh, God. Goonkin <laughs> Cap or something like that? We have, uh, we actually have two mascots. One Musketeer and one's a blob. We got the blue blob. A blob. <laughs> it's sort of like, uh, like, you know, Bob from the movie Monsters and Aliens? It looks like that guy. Okay. I haven't okay. seen that movie, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Good to be in college. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to the Panorama Podcast. Music provided by George McKinto at Joyful Music and Arts. The Panorama Podcast is presented by Totally Cool Publishing and is not affiliated with any public or private school. Done. Yes. Me too. Yes. I know. <laughs>